0: On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters.
1: Monday's experts. Hey, got the good
0: yeah, welcome to Sky Sports Radio and one of our final... Monday's Experts for 2021. Today's guest, looking forward to chatting to this young bloke, uh, Regan Bayliss. We regularly see him here riding in New South Wales. Of course, got the job done on brutality on the weekend. Very popular bloke in the jockey's room. And Reggie, I think, is online with us now. G'day, Regan. G'day, Dave. Thanks for having me on, mate. No dramas at all, mate. Uh, Thanks for chiming in. You've been at the Hawkesbury Trials this morning and you've been just getting another big win for Joe Pryger. You're forming a nice little combo there with Joe.
1: Yeah, Joe's been um, Joe's been terrific for me, mate, since i come to Sydney. Um, obviously, you, you need that backing. Obviously, starting fresh in a new state, you just need just need that one stable to really sort of back in. Um, he has right from the get-go, and he's given me some great opportunities. And I'm, I'm really glad that I've been able to capitalise on a lot of them.
0: Yeah, that's sensational, mate. Let's let's have a chat in this next half an hour about your life. I want to go right back to the start. So you were born in Queensland.
1: Yeah, I was born in Queensland, um, um, Ipswich, Queensland. So um, born into a racing family. Obviously, um, my father was a jockey. Um, my grandfather was a was a trainer. So um, always sort of was around the horses, and um, yeah, it was a it was definitely a good childhood. That's for sure.
0: Did you did you love it uh, growing up? And did you always love the horse, or were you were you tempted by other sports or something else? Were you always going to be a jockey?
1: Yeah, always going to be a jockey. Never thought, never thought of um, anything else really. So um, obviously, my my grand grandfather and my grandmother they owned a, owned a farm just outside of Ipswich, and um, you know learned how to ride horses um, through doing cattle work and, and mustering cattle, and um, always around them, always going to the races, and yeah, never wanted to do anything else really.
0: Yeah. Okay. How were you at school, mate? Were you good at school, or were you up the back mucking around like I was? Yeah, a bit like you, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> out
1: the back mucking around. So, um, I didn't mind school, but um, geez, as soon as I was able to sort of start my apprenticeship, um, yeah, you know, I was happy to get out too. But um, so I, 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 I did get my year twelve certificate though. So yeah, um, that's good.
0: I went right through. So where where did you start your apprenticeship? Did you started in Queensland, or did you did you go elsewhere? No.
1: Nah, so. Um, my brother, Jake, he's, he's a couple of years, he's a couple of years um, older than me, and when he was old enough to start his apprenticeship, um, Dad stopped his training career to, um, to send us boys to, take us boys to Melbourne, um, where we uh, we lived and all worked for Michael Kent, yep. um, and Jake was apprenticed to Michael Kent at Cranbourne and learned a lot from him um, there, and then as soon as I was old enough to start my apprenticeship, um, I went to Caulfield to, to be an apprentice with, with Peter Moody, which was which was
0: great. What was it like, mate? Uh, because obviously that was, that's a big move. So tell us through that process of going from from Queensland down to Victoria. I mean, that that would have been a big adjustment for yourself, your brother, and obviously your old man.
1: Yeah, it was a massive adjustment. Um, you know, we we're ready for it. and It had been a sort of a well thought plan. Um, you know, for a couple of years when when Jake was old enough to start his apprenticeship, that was the plan to, to move there. But um, it was a big sacrifice for my for my dad, Jamie. Um, Obviously, he had his own sort of career in training horses and um, he was happy to pack that all up to give, um, give his boys uh, the best op- opportunity he could and um, take us to Melbourne and, yeah, that's
0: what we did. Yeah, it's enormous, mate. And then obviously, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later on about, you know, what you've achieved now. But, gee, it's it's funny how, you know, uh, our parents say those sort of things. And, and I mean, an example with myself... When I got off with the job at Sky, I didn't know anyone in Sydney. Had no brothers and sisters, and I just remember saying, "Mum, what do I do?" And she said, "Just pack the car and go, and you can always come back." It's amazing how they see things differently. I mean, obviously, young, you don't you see the world a bit differently uh, as you get older. But they just make the sometimes the right decisions for us, don't they? Yeah, most definitely,
1: Dave. They do. They certainly do. Um, I'm lucky to have two great parents that have uh, led us in the in, in the right direction and um, sacrificed um, a lot for us and. Um, hopefully we're making them, them proud now, which I'm sure we are.
0: I'm sure you are. All right, let's talk about Moods. Uh, he's a character. We only see him through the media. Champion bloke away from the camera as well. I think you know and what you see is what you get. What was it like, him being your master, to start with Derek Caulfield?
1: Yeah, Peter Moody was um, was brilliant. Um, he was very hard, but very fair. Um, told you how it was, and, um, you know, away on with it, you went, you know. So... Um, Terrific horsemen, learned a lot there. Um, had some very good horses there at that time. So I was just... Got the feel for a good horse, just riding track work and all that all that sort of stuff. Plenty of gallops every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday morning. Um, plenty of jump outs. So really sort of enjoyed my time there. And as I said, they had sort of black caviar and um, you know, there's a few, few good horses there um, at that stage, moment of change and um, all those sort of horses. So... Yeah, it was good. He's a he's a Queensland as well, Moons, but um, learned a lot from him. And he was a he was a great master, and he gave me plenty of opportunities.
0: I was going to say, like, what type of things you know, as you arrive as a young apprentice, what type of things you know were those those lectures that Moons were helping you out with? Was it that you know understanding of of a good horse, and and you know um, those those little things you pick up from track gallops, etc. Yeah, just, just
1: just his training and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and you know he's. Um, as I said before, birds would tell you how it is, and you know if I was out of line, he'd um, or you know get get the of yourself a little bit. He'd be quick to smack you back into line, and um, you know so it sort of kept me kept me um, very sort of level headed, and um, you know, I think that's paid dividends, um, you know, and really sort of drilled a work ethic into me that um, you know I still carry today.
0: What about? That first uh, race ride, and correct me if I'm wrong, but did you ride in that race? Your first race win, your first uh, city winner, against your brother and your father?
1: Um, we we did ride in the same race. Um, that wasn't my first city That wasn't winner. your first win. That was that was yeah. That wasn't my first win. No, but we pretty unreal. Like that, that, when we moved to Melbourne, he had he was a retired jockey for fifteen years, so. he him to make a comeback not for us to ride in the same race at Mornington one day it was um yeah it was pretty cool that's for sure
0: okay so what about your? we'll go back to your first win do you remember your first win like it was yesterday
1: yeah I do um I was ready for I was probably ready to go to the race for about two months but Peter Moody kept holding me back just to he wanted to kick me kick me off on the right note um and find the right one and uh he found one it was a it was a mile maiden um also at its first start at, at Donald, um, but John Camilleri, um, she started uh, short price favourite
0: and um, she got the chocolates, mate. Hey, talk us through that as a young bloke, mate, getting your first uh, win. And also, too, on the, on the other side of that is, did you feel any pressure because, obviously, Peter had been holding you back? And, I mean, all owners are important, but, obviously, Mr Camilleri, uh, that's a big owner to have your first race ride for.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, a little bit of pressure and just you know excited and and nerves, but um, it was good to be able to get the job done. Obviously, all my family come and um, drove me down there to the races, um, and it was on a Saturday, so um, yeah, it was really good. Good to kick off a winner. Um, I think at the time I was thinking how how easy is this and. I think my next 20 rides I, I went without riding another winner so uh has back into shape
0: that's a shock so you were back back to reality what was yeah. the what are the, did the old man say anything to you before that first race ride?
1: yeah I, I, I still speak to dad um, you know every time before and after the races now and um, yeah he, he, he was good he just just give me um, you know some just some advice and, and all that sort of stuff so um, yeah so it was good to Good to be able to get the job done your
0: first race ride, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. All right. Now, tell us about, uh, obviously, you, you said, okay, so you win that first race ride. You then have a little lean patch. When did you first start coming into town? How, how long uh, after that?
1: So they they got a, uh, a system um, in Melbourne. It's called the Heat of the Rising Stars. So, yep. Um, it's, it's, it's an all-apprentice race, um, and this was it was the final coming up, and... John Sadler uh, asked Peter Moody um, if he would if he would allow me to um, ride his mare Reckless Assassin at Flemington in the in the finals and um, uh, Peter Moody give it give it the all clear and, and allowed me to ride and um, she was able to win too. That was my first ride, first city ride at Flemington. So yeah, um, yeah that was a, that was a great thrill.
0: That's a and a good bloke too. Sad, so that would have been a big thrill for all concerned. And then, what about the Red Kirk Warrior story? Because I mean, that's what I remember uh, you from um, most vividly in my memory. How did you get that ride on Red Kirk Warrior to start with for the Hayes team?
1: Obviously, I um, after um, Peter Moody had a had a break from training. Um, uh, I, I got transferred over to Lindsay Park and um, really worked hard there as an apprentice and they were really giving me some great rides. Um, You know, uh, I was getting some good opportunities there and, um, you know, in listed group races for them and I was just having a really good run for them. Um, It was a really good sort of six months of um, riding plenty of winners for for them and I just remember um, David Hayes um, saying leading up that he reckons this horse horse can win the new market fresh. Obviously, with his form, he's... He's a horse that gets up over a little bit further uh, in, in previous previous form, a mile-plus. Um, but David Hayes is very confident. So I sent him a text message and said, I can do the weight, and um, I'd love the opportunity. And he said he'd take it to the owner, um, Edmund Lee, and a couple of days later he'd come back and um, said I can ride him. So, um, yeah, the rest is history.
0: Unbelievable. And, mate, that was your first Group 1, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: that was my first Group 1 in the new market handicap. Um he started long odds that day, um, but even though it was long odds, I just remember how how confident David was that the, that the horse could um, go close to winning. And Gigi was explosive that day; he had, a, had a great turn of foot, um, yeah, and he won well.
0: Yeah, what was it like, mate? Talk us through it. You know, you know, you, you it, it goes so quickly in the moment because you're going so fast, but. Did you have a chance at all just past the post, or as it was happening? Because he won by he won by a margin that day, didn't he? It wasn't like it was a photo finish, was it?
1: No, yeah, he won by a good margin that day. I think he won by two two lengths, two and a half lengths. So got a really good chance to soak it in over the line, and um, that was one of the best days I've had in the saddle. Obviously, when your first group won, that's what that's what everyone strives strives to do as a jockey to, to compete at the highest level and. Um, yeah, that was an extraordinary, extraordinary moment. I couldn't believe when um, Star Turn, he was one of the, one of the more fanciest runners in the race. Um, and I went past him on the bridle and um, I thought, geez, you know, uh, but you still can't believe it till you go over the line or, or think you're going to yeah. win or too confident before you go over the line, especially in a group one. But, um, mate, that was an amazing feeling. It really was.
0: Tell me, mate, when did you meet your partner, Sheridan?
1: Um, so I was riding, obviously... Doing a lot of uh, interstate riding for, for David Hayes as well, and he sent a he sent a team of horses um, to Sydney during the autumn autumn carnival. And Sheridan was working for the for the ATC, and um, yeah, just met her at the races there um, on Golden Slipper Day and asked her for dinner, mate. And that was
0: about it. Right? Oh, so, too good! Was it? Did you have a particular a line or anything like that, or was it just just your just your charm, mate?
1: Just my charm. I used to get. I usually get my, back then, <laughs> used to get my friends to um, to type out the messages for me. So I, I didn't have much game, that's for sure.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's go. Cool. Well, so you've obviously been sharing, and you're still going in between uh, Sydney and obviously Melbourne. And then where did you decide to go to Hong Kong? Um, decided to go to Hong Kong,
1: um, I think it was around sort of de- December. Um, I got in contact with um, Steve Ralton and... Um, uh, put in an application to go over and ride over there, and uh, he rang me back a couple of weeks later and um, give give me the good news that I, I was accepted. And um, I went to went to um, went to Hong Kong, started around February, and um, yeah, it was great. Man, it was a good experience.
0: I was going to say because I, I, you don't want to live with regrets. I was actually going to say, like, so it was a good experience for you, or did you? Was it frustrating? Because I mean, you've obviously got all the ability in the world, and we know that with this game, it's about opportunity. Um, and from blokes that I've spoken to and that have gone over there, geez, it can it can eat you up and spit you out quickly that joint if you you know because it's just so different to here.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, and I, and and I was going over there for. Experience. When I look back on it now, I was probably a little bit young, um, you know. When I went over there, and it really did teach me a lot. Like, um, you know, I, I struggled over there for a little bit and, and broke my hand, and but I was still able to ride. Um, still to ride a few winners and get that international um, expo- exposure, and um, definitely gives you a thick skin after coming back from there. You know, it, it really sort of toughens you up mentally, and um, you know, even even the races over there. you you got to um, you got to think quick. Obviously, you do everywhere when you ride in a race, but especially especially in Hong Kong, um, they go quick and um, there's not much room for for error. So, although um, the trip wasn't as, as as successful as I would have liked, um, I took a I took a lot from it. That's for sure.
0: It's interesting you say that about your toughness and whatnot, and just sort of sharpening you up mentally. Uh, not so much from terms of your your riding ability, because that was always going to improve as you got older, but um, like that's a tough jockey's room over there. You come, so you come back to Melbourne and then obviously you make the decision to, to base yourself in Sydney. And I mean, it's got to be one of the hardest jocks rooms in the world to get momentum in.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, I, I come to Sydney, um, Peter Moody sent me to Sydney, hit had a satellite stable here. And, um, over the, over the spring carnival, he said, um, he sent me here for, for two or three months. And I just remember really enjoying the racing. Um, loved every bit about it, um, just enjoyed, you know, how, just the whole setup about Sydney, enjoyed the lifestyle here and I so always sort of wanted to come back, you know, but I just didn't know when, so um, when I got back from Hong Kong, I thought it was a good opportunity to, um, you know, if I'm ever going to give it a crack, I'm, I, it's, now it's going to be now, so um, obviously still young um, and still early in my career, so um, mm. I'm glad that it's paid dividends so far.
0: What about uh, the difference between all the, the the different rooms? I mean, obviously, you got you got Melbourne. You've been over there in Hong Kong. You're now in Sydney. What do you find the difference uh, is between the three of them?
1: They're all pretty similar. Obviously, the three states you just mentioned they're you know they're the most competitive um, states as far as you know jockeys, horses, trainers. Um, you know, it's, it, it's the best best states and um, obviously for racing, obviously Melbourne's top echelon, Sydney's top echelon and um, Hong Kong, um, you know, is one of the most competitive, um, you know, jurisdictions in the world. So all very similar, um, all very competitive and, um, yeah, you've got to work very hard in all of them. But um, not, not massive um, differences and all that because, you know, yeah. they're all top echelon places. They're pretty similar.
0: Okay. What about uh, this year you've had, mate? Let's go back. Uh, only a couple of months. Uh, that 40-minute period you had at Ranwick in the start of October, uh, we were in lockdown. I think, yeah, I'm fairly sure we were still in lockdown uh, at that time. Um, we may have just come out. It's It's been that weird of a year you forget. But you yep. pretty much go bang, bang. You win the the on Private Eye, which was unbelievable. And before that, you get up on the roughy never being kissed in the Waikato colours. Um, you talk about Red Kirk Warriors, one of the greatest days in the saddle, but surely this has to be, you know, one of the one of the the peak moments you'll look back on for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, as you know, it's it, it's hard enough um, winning a group one, let alone two um, on the same day. So that was a that was a very special day, that's for sure. Um, quite surreal, obviously. Um, wasn't as confident riding, um, ever being kissed, and when, when she won, I knew my best ride was yet to come, and that was Private Eye on the Epsom. Um, I thought he could win, and um, that just top, topped off what was already a special day. Yeah,
0: and you mentioned Joe Pride. Give him a wrap at the start. I mean, what we we speak about, you know, the day that uh, Red Kirk Warrior won, and David Hayes was very confident. I remember Joe months leading up to this race saying, "No, this horse is is going to be be, be right there, Epsom day." I mean that must you must get a lot of confidence from that hearing that from a bloke like Joe.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Jo, um, you know, Joe's really good at set, setting these horses and getting the peak um, on the right time. He's got he's got a set program for him and he sticks to it. And as them peak, peaking for their grand final, and that was that was what five at I was. You know? he um, he did that back up um, two weeks in a row, and then and then obviously two weeks into the Epsom, and it was just spot on and. Obviously, the lightweight and um, track conditions, where he drew and everything, it just all fell into place. And, um, yeah, it was, a, um, it was a great win.
0: What about the future, mate? We we're talking a lot about, you know, what's happened the last 12 months and now you're in Sydney. Um, as I started the, the chat, you know, all the boys seem to love you. Um, you love a party, which is good. You've always got a smile on your face. What what what's your sort of goals and ambitions? You're just going to submit yourself here in Sydney and and just see how it all unfolds, or do you want do you want to get back overseas at some point? What's what's on the cards? Um,
1: no, I just want to really um, entrench myself into in, in being a top rider here in Sydney. Um, you know, I'm here for, I'm here for the long haul. Um, you know, I want to set myself up here and keep working hard, keep building you know relationships with trainers and um, and owners and um, I just want to keep going, hammer and tongue and um, yeah, you know, until I can sort of get where I want to get to.
0: Yeah, okay, uh, and, and obviously, any, any, you know, any plans? Are you going to be heading up to Magic Millions, or are you just going to stay here the whole summer?
1: At the moment, I'm doing I'm doing a lot of writing for um, for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott and as you know, Gay's got a, a, a lot of two roles and a, um, a lot of Magic Millions. Um, yeah. candidates that, that may be heading there so um, there's always a slim chance so nothing set in stone at the moment but um, I'm riding a two-year-old for her in the Wyong Magic Moons on Wednesday yeah. so um, see how we go
0: oh, That's fantastic mate Mate who's the most annoying bloke in that jockey's room in Sydney?
1: Me Me that's for sure You are? Am, Reggie? Mate. Yeah most most definitely what they do you all, do?
0: What, what are you doing to annoy them? Are you just uh, always laughing or carrying on. What's what's the what's your your go to?
1: No, nah, just trying to brush a few feathers in there. Try and, <laughs> try and put a <laughs> few of the boys off their game. <laughs> no, nah, just just cracking jokes and um, yeah, it's a good. It's, a, it's a very competitive jockeys' room in Sydney, um, but um, we all got a lot of respect for each other, and um, it's a really good jockeys' room to be in. That's for sure.
0: Nah, it's good, mate. Pleasure chatting to you this morning, mate. As I said, you produce another gem on brutality uh, with uh, Joe Pride. As I said, good combo forming another mile there at Randwick. You won the Villiers. Great to recap on the year that's been for you this far, and I'm excited for you, mate, for the future. Because yeah, as I said, what I, what I love about a bloke like you, Reggie, is that you are you you have a bit of fun. You can switch off and get away from racing, but, mate, when you're in the zone, you're in the zone, and I think big things are coming your way. And I'll tell you what, you speak very well for a young 24-year-old bloke, mate, so uh, enjoy the future, and I can't wait to see how it unfolds.
1: Thank you very much, Dave. I really appreciate you having me on, mate.
0: No dramas, mate. Regan Bayliss there, folks. Good to hear a little bit of the story behind the name. And how about the rap, too, from the, for the old man? Uh, and the family, too, for, for making that sacrifice, heading south. And of course, we see Jake riding up there in Queensland, too. They're a, a famous name, the Bayliss name, in horse racing. And good to see that it will continue on for many, many years to come. And uh, great to chat then too with Regan. It's 11.27 on Sky Sports Radio. We've got uh, the whip around coming up uh, shortly. And, of course, uh, next week we'll have Luke Marlow in the chair uh, for the couple of weeks. I'll be back then in early January. So looking forward to the start of 2022. Can you believe it's already, like, mid-December? I think we just lost everything because of lockdown. We just lost all track of time, and now we've come back. We've all gone a million miles an hour to try and make up for our lost ground, and... Uh, the year is well and truly approaching the end of it. Um, really looking forward to this Magic Millions race on Wednesday at Wong. Hopefully going to chat with the team from Wong tomorrow about how you can get on track and get to the races. A lot of Christmas parties no doubt will be booked in, as there have been for a lot of our meetings in the last couple of weeks. But it's going to be a good little race. And, uh, well, who will be taking themselves up to, uh, to Queensland, flying the flag for New South Wales uh, in regards to the Magic Millions, we'll find out. It's 11.28, Sky Sports Radio.